Hi, I'm Shane Hurlbut, and I'm an ASC cinematographer. And my wife and I have created this incredible resource called the Filmmakers Academy. And we'd love for you to download and rate our app. If you're a filmmaker, do yourself a favor and download the Filmmakers Academy app today. It's available wherever you get your apps, most notably the App Store, Google Play, Amazon App Store, and the Roku Channel Store. The app includes everything on the platform for all access members and from content to community and coaching opportunities, everything you need to master your craft. So download the app. And this is the most important part. Be sure to rate it. Rating us really helps us spread the word and enhance our rankings in this dedicated app store. So if you love what we're doing, this is a way to show it. Together, let's take your career as a filmmaker to the next level. Welcome to Shane's Inner Circle Podcast with your hosts, Shane and Lydia. Welcome to the October Podcast. This is Lydia, and I am so excited to be with you this month. Happy fall, everyone. And as always, I would like to thank those of you who submitted questions for our monthly podcast and encourage those of you who have not done it yet to please dive in and come up with a question so that Shane and I can take turns every other month answering that. I need to share with all of you that I am so grateful for this inner circle and the opportunity to be with you every other month. This month, we have very exciting questions, and I cannot wait to dive into those in just a moment. But first, I want to thank each and every one of you for your contribution, your input, your love and support of one another in this fantastic community that we have. And it is because of you that it is growing and expanding the way that it is. So we are deeply grateful and thank you so much. Now, on to the questions. Question number one. Hi, Lydia. At times, there feels like a total saturation of the DOP market, and I guess the film market in general, too. Did you feel this way when you and Shane were coming up, a feeling of saturation? Or is this a recent feeling, given the technology advancement? Where do you see the future for the film business going? Thanks for all your business acumen and insight. Regards. Leon. Great question, Leon, and thank you for submitting it. I definitely feel that the film industry is more saturated than ever in terms of people have the ability to produce content and get it seen. So if we look historically, I would say that there's more competition today than there used to be, but there's also more content and more outlets for content. So maybe when you look at the big picture, you know, it may even out, although I do get the same feeling that you do, that it's definitely more competitive. What we have is a number of content outlets. There's always been, or at least since I've been around, HBO, Cinemax, and Showtime. And I believe those were the 80s. But now we have a slew of original new content creators, such as Netflix and Amazon and Hulu, and the fact that HBO and other channels are producing their own exciting original content and not just purchasing it as they had in the past. So the trends that I see and the way that um, the film industry business is going is that in terms of film production, I feel like features are down overall in terms of the normal distribution model or the old distribution model. But with all of these new areas of distribution, I think the amount of content being produced overall is up, which is very, very exciting for filmmakers. I mean, this is a really, really exciting time to be a filmmaker, to be a content producer, because the possibilities are constantly expanding. And independent projects, and I mean, I know this to be true 
from Shane very recently on his last feature are being funded by Chinese investors. And a lot of independent projects are being, you know, funded by China. So I, I see Asia as playing a much greater role. Shane and I just went to see both Deepwater Horizon and Jack, the latest Jack Reacher, and both of those were Chinese funded. So overall, I think it is exciting because there's more content than ever being produced. And there's the ability to have your project seen in a way in the old way of making features, it just wasn't possible because you have different outlets. And whether you're doing a commercial, a music video, or a feature, a documentary, whatever content that you're producing, you have outlets such as Vimeo and YouTube and the the whole social networking platform available to get word out about your project. I see it as two main business steps. The first thing is getting a project funded and seen by as many eyeballs as possible, right? So that you get the word out. And then the distribution part, and I know that was another question, um, I that is a subspecialty. And honestly, I have never distributed a film. I don't feel um, as though I know enough to really talk intelligently about that. But after you have your project completed, the distribution piece is a whole other business animal that needs to be looked at really by an expert that does it. Because I feel as, as if you do it wrong the first time, how, how you present one thing is how you present everything. So it's really critical to have somebody that knows what they're doing in distribution and not just try to take it on yourself and potentially make all the mistakes therein because, you know, there are a lot of them. And unfortunately, people remember that. So that's all I want to say about the distribution piece. Great, great question. I love that question. And one other critical critical piece, I think about, um, and this really moves into the, the second question, but it has to do with the business piece. And I just want to address mindset for a moment, because whatever level of filmmaking that you are at, your mindset, how you're approaching a project, whether it's from the very beginning stages of getting funding and planning, or if you're in the shooting phase, the post-production phase, I think it's very important to watch your mind because negativity and, you know, is poison and it creeps in so easily. There's, there's such a fear and a, a scarcity mentality that I see in the film industry in general. And I think this is something that I am very, very passionate about. And that is really trying to keep your mindset and, and the way that you view the world as limitless. Because if you do that, your creativity will explode. The more walls and barriers and discouraging remarks and negativity that you allow to come in, especially in a creative space, it's just discouraging. And it, it really can overtake your creativity to the point where you actually, I don't believe, function at your highest level. So this is, this is very important for all creatives and to really, really focus on staying positive, on surrounding yourself with people that lift you up, that believe in the project, that understand the lifestyle and rigors of, of being a creative in the world. And whether you're in music or in film, whatever you're, or in the art world, whatever your creative outlet is, it's very, very critical to protect yourself in that way. And I hope that that makes sense because our brains are like sponges and, and with all of the distraction today, that takes away from creativity. And I firmly believe that we have to protect our minds. And very specifically, I've, I've really spent this year 
educating myself on the brain and looking at ways to keep our brain as a, you know, it's as important to exercise the brain as it is your body. And so I exercise my brain by constantly reading and taking different online courses or working with, let's say, a leadership coach or someone that's going to push me out of my comfort zone. And I meditate every day, every day, every day. And I'm going to get into this a little bit more, but I think this has nothing to do with religion at all. I think people associate meditation instantly with Buddhism and then feel like it's some weird, you know, religious thing that you're doing. When I refer to meditation, it's really calming the chatter of the brain. It's, it's allowing your brain to get quiet. And that is when your most productive, creative, incredible bursts of artistic genius can come through. So I think it's really important as a creative to look at your lifestyle and your habits and to really make it a point to do the things for yourself that keep you at your optimal level of creative functioning. Because ultimately, that is going to get you the next job. People always look at what what is your last project or what have you recently worked on? And I think we spend so much time looking at gear, looking at the tools, trying to network, but really not maybe in the most effective way. And believe me, gear is important because gear allows you to tell the story. But gear can also be distracting from the creative genius in that if you're constantly focused on what piece of gear you're using and not equally focused on creative outlets to enhance your creativity and up your learning at whatever that means for you. Um, I think that's a very important individual thing to consider. So I just kind of wanted to point that out. Okay, moving on to question number two. It seems that Lydia and Shane operate with a high level of integrity and character, which is refreshing which we continue to hear is a highly desirable trait in leaders, coworkers, and directly to an individual level of success. Hollywood is often criticized for its lack of morals and other troubles. Do you both look at the integrity of those you work closely with, hire, or work under for a project? Secondly, have you had any major issues arise in career or business in dealing with people that demonstrated a lack of integrity that have taught you life lessons that you can share? Well, this is quite the question and thank you so much. Uh, it means the world to both Shane and myself that, that people see us having integrity and character because that is a core value for both of us. I think it becomes very simple when you ask yourself the question of how do you conduct yourself in business and in life? And having a high level of integrity and moral character is critically important to us. Shane and I, ages ago, had written down values for our business. And these are core values that we make business decisions about. And some of those are, you know, obviously we deeply believe in education, in, in giving, in fun, in high quality, in adventure and travel. And we came up with this huge list of core values in making an impact and in leaving an imprint on the world in terms of legacy and getting education to people that may or may not have the ability to access it. Um, Charitable giving is another way that we give back and is part of our core value structure. So what I know to be true is that when you do business And when you have a business or you work for somebody that is value-centered and oriented, they're honest, they're ethical, they keep their word, 
they meet deadlines. Those are critical, critical qualities to us in the people that we hire. And, you know, I think Hollywood does tend to have a bad rap. There are a lot of people in Hollywood I know that are very, they have a high level of character and they're, they have awesome morals. And I think that, you know, a lot of what we hear from the tabloid media is just inaccurate. And I think it's really important to take what you hear about Hollywood with a grain of salt. Um, although obviously there are corrupt people in Hollywood as there are in every walk of life. However, for Hurlbut Visuals, which I can speak and not all of Hollywood, I would say that uh, working with hiring and having the people under me have a, a very high moral character is critical. What I need to know as a business leader, and I think this is important, whether you lead a film set, whether you're even a one man band with, let's say somebody doing sound for you even, or editing. Um, I, I think it's very important to be able to have excellent communication with everyone on your team. And communication is something that I am passionate about. And I keep coming back to with my Hurlbut Visuals team because it's so important. The ability to prioritize. We don't micromanage. I cannot stand being micromanaged and I don't manage the people that work with us and for us. And therefore, I need highly independent, self-motivated, highly skilled individuals because we go at a very, very rapid rate. As Anne Gaither always says to me, and I love Anne so much, dust never settles on you, Lydia, and it's so true. So I think um, I have to be able to count on people and you know, your word is your bond. And that's the way that, that I was raised. In terms of knowing when to give guidance and when to trust, that is something that is a critical element on set and a critical element in business. Because sometimes guidance really isn't helpful or it's not wanted, or you just need to trust that the people on your team are doing a great job and potentially may even have better ideas than you do. And you need to trust in their ability or their vision to complete it. Other times your guidance is very critical. And I think especially as things morph and change, which they do on set, many, many times a day, really having great guidance and communication is critical. I know for a fact that Shane has almost this ESP, if you will, with his crew, the guys that have worked with him for so long, they just know what he's thinking based on his body movements, based on the way that he's looking at something. And again, this comes from a well-oiled machine of a team, right? These people have worked together for years. I find that Anne and other members of my team, Doug, sometimes finish my sentences for me and, and I just laugh because they know exactly where I'm going with something. And when you have that type of synergy in a group, I think that it is very, very special. I feel like the team that we have now at Hurlbut Visuals, we're really finding our stride in terms of being like a, a thoroughbred on a racetrack. I mean, what we're able to do within the course of a year is extraordinary. And this is not coming from an ego standpoint. This is just saying, I think it's very important to look at when you're working with a team and with others. There are times when it is going to flow and be so beautifully choreographed, kind of like a ballet or a dance that's done very, very well. And then there are other times when it is going to feel like somebody's stepping on your feet and they're going one way and you're going the other and communication's not happening and what the heck is going on and everything's going to feel scattered and disjointed. And usually at that phase, it's either you're trying to do way too much at the same time without clear communication and prioritization, or you're growing so rapidly and 
it's a beautiful problem to have and you need to hit the pause button, take the time for your team and reprioritize. And I'm going to get into this in the next question. So I don't want to step on it too much, but I think it's really normalizing all of these things because whether you're on a feature film or you're on a commercial, a music video, documentary, whatever it is, there are times where it's going to feel like it's absolute waterboarding. And that's okay. That's part of the process. And I think when you this comes back to mindset when you are under the mindset that, you know what, the to-do list is never going to end. The asks are never going to end. The weather is never going to stop changing. The clouds are messing with you, let's say on a particular day, and you're constantly having to shift your lighting. If you just get into the mindset of accepting that instead of trying to fight it and have it be different. Because when you, when your brain fights something and, and constantly has it try to be different than what the reality is, that wastes a lot of energy. And then you get frustrated and then your brain gets into this place of you know, frustration and anger, which is toxic to your brain and your stress hormones get triggered. And you know it's like the trains left the station for and it's going to derail. So I'm all about health and, you know, protecting your brain and having the most positive experience possible, but not in a Pollyanna sort of way. It's really, everything comes down to mindset and how you view it. And you can be saying to yourself, you know, this day stinks. Everything is going wrong. And I'm just going to accept it. I'm going to accept it that I'm having one of those days. And I think once you stop fighting it or trying to pretend that the day should be perfect and it's not, then it's really extraordinary what happens because then all of a sudden your brain opens up and it's like, okay, it's going to be a crappy day, but that's okay. And then knowing that you need to support yourself in different ways. Some days are smooth as silk like Thai airlines and other days are rough. And knowing when to bring in support on the rougher days is is really what it's about. So that's kind of my my take on, you know, integrity, mindset and how you you deal with those that you hire. The last thing that I would like to say is that if someone is not working out, it's incredibly critical to have the difficult conversation. I think that we all shy away from conflict and having having tough discussions and calling people out, let's say, on on what's not happening or what you're seeing. And my friend Jeannie Malnati, who was one of the women in my women entrepreneurial group, she does this so beautifully. And she does it in a way that you're stating and articulating how you're feeling. And it's very personal. It's not a blaming way to do it. It is just a, this is how I'm feeling. This is how I'm seeing the situation. And how is that for you? And then the other person may see it from a completely different vantage point. And that's what's so critical because again, that's our mindset, how we're we're coming at something. So once we understand their lens and the way that they're viewing it, then that may really shift our mind at that point and help us to have a greater perspective. And so it's very important to have these tough conversations and not avoid them. If I'm feeling nudgy about anything in business or in my personal life, the first thing I do is pick up that phone or call somebody for that really important conversation because I have to, as as I always say, it's kind of like the game of tennis, right? You're responsible if you're playing singles in tennis to keep your side of the tennis court clean. And to hit the balls back from your side, what happens on the other side of that court has nothing to do with you. How somebody reacts, if they get the ball back to you, if they miss the shot, none of that is 
about you. You're just responsible for your side. So I think if you view it that way, then it becomes very easy to have the difficult conversation because there's nothing worse than residue. And residue breeds negativity, residue breeds poison that we're trying to stay away from. So uh, on to question number three, which is, hi, Lydia. You seem to have so much going on as a CEO and mom. What do you do to keep organized and keep on top of everything? Sometimes everything seems to come all at once and I feel frazzled. Do you use any apps or have some sort of a miracle system? Okay, I love this question. And thank you so much that it appears that I'm very organized. (laughs) I love that. I feel that life is like a giant tidal wave. And at certain times in life, it it comes at you all at once and there's really nothing you can do. You can't control how quickly things come at you in life. But what you do have the ability to control is how you how you view it. And yes, running a business, having a family, having Shane out of town ha- is very challenging. And really being the person responsible for the medical piece of everybody, did everybody have their doctor's appointments and dentist appointments, et cetera, et cetera. And dealing with, you know, the in-laws and my own parents, because Shane and I are both only children. And Wow, do I appreciate, do I deeply appreciate siblings or what it would be like to have a sibling because we don't. So here's here's how we view it. And Shane came up with this great analogy that I'm going to share that he uses very, very often. He said, the military has a wonderful way of organizing and their philosophy is crawl, walk, run. Now, I didn't really understand what he meant by that when he first said it, but if you do look at the military, at their level of structure, at their level of organization, it's really extraordinary. And our son is in military boarding school right now because he chose that for himself. He felt like he needed to beef up a little bit on certain areas of his life and he is loving the structure and the rigor that it gives as difficult as it is. And I think all of us really crave, you know, things not to be chaotic and disorganized and constantly changing because it's crazy making when life is like that. So by the word crawl, I'm an old fashioned type of person in terms of I write, write things down and writing it down or picking an app that works for you is incredibly effective. Now, we all could have endless to-do lists. And I think it's important to really look at what are you writing down and making sure that that's something for a particular day that absolutely has to happen for that day. Some things could be put off for a few months or just not dealt with. Other things are emergencies. So by crawl, we mean write it down. Walk is prioritizing that list. Prioritizing is an incredibly important concept because when you prioritize, you actually are able to check some things off and feel success, feel accomplishment, take something to the goal line and complete it. And this is very important for your mindset because if you feel like you're not ever getting anything completely done or you're feeling scattered and bouncing from thing to thing to thing without ever completing the the thing that you just started, then it's very self-defeating and it's hugely time-wasting. So the beautiful thing about the fact that I'm a mom and a businesswoman and a friend and I'm active in my women's entrepreneurial group, which I'll get to in another question, I only have so much time in a day. And in that particular day, I also prioritize exercise and meditation because it makes me more effective in every single other area. So given the small number of hours that I have, I make myself a list every day. And if I confront load myself the day before with 
putting some emails out about what I want the team to be working on and delegating. I delegate like crazy. And honestly, there's certain things that we take on that should be delegated and certain things that require the highest and best use of our time. So for example, running Hurlbut Visuals, I need to be on the phone a lot. That's part of my job description. Being in meetings. My daughter, Kira, always says, mom, you're on the phone again. Yes, I am. Because I'm either making business deals or I'm on with my team strategizing an upcoming educational event, or I'm doing business planning for the next year. I'm always in the where we're going phase of life. How are things looking? Who do we want a joint venture partner with? What are we saying yes to in terms of projects? How are we making things better for the inner circle? How are we helping our sponsors who are funding the blog and making sure that we're meeting those commitments? This is part of my day-to-day life at running, running the business. And so with that and the limited number of hours in my day, it's very, very critical that I am highly functioning with my prioritizing and my delegating. And I think... Every good leader would say that, that those are the most effective because if I'm getting bogged down in the minutia of the business and no systems are in place, then it's disastrous for the company. And systems and having a, a, an amazing system in place with the point person and clear communication make every business run effectively. And it goes for the same thing on set. There are systems that you must have in place with your team that allow you to have speed and efficiency and make a crazy number of shots or deal with the fact that the weather has just completely changed. And it's okay because your team is reacting to it based on the system that you've set up. And I think when things are really, really functioning at a high level, that is the running. And that is in our crawl, walk, run military analogy, that is a well-oiled machine, a well-oiled system machine. So that kind of helps me keep things in perspective. Now, are they are there days where I really don't feel very efficient or organized? Absolutely. Absolutely. But then it's okay, I had an off day. Today was one of those days. And then I give myself the grace to just chalk it up to an off day and not be so hard on myself and then move on to the next day with a fresh mindset. And I think that this is where meditating and not carrying residue over from the day before, because imagine this scenario, you're having, you're late, there was a there was an accident on the freeway. We all know LA freeways. You're late to a meeting. You've kept somebody waiting. You feel like you're starting your day rushed. And then that throws off your schedule for the entire day. And then you forget a conference call that you're meant to have. And again, I'm using a business example here, not on set, but you know, that's a bad day. And I think instead of reacting to that day, which then turns the bad day into a tornado like bad day. You, you know, come in with, wow, I'm, I, there was an accident on the freeway. I'm late. Apologize. It's one of those days. It's a Monday. And it's really how you frame it for everybody else. It's how you frame it and how you show up. And this is critical on set because obviously on set, you cannot be late. But what is very, very important on set is your attitude. And let's say that every possible thing went wrong the day before on set. You didn't make the number of shots that you needed to make, so you didn't make your day. You've got to do pickups. The actors were off. You needed to do 50 takes instead of five, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you could get really frustrated with that day and be grumpy and irritable and miserable, and then have everybody on set notice that. And then the next day be like, wow, this day better be better than yesterday was because I'm not going through that again. I mean, this type of negativity 
and negative mentality. Again, it's poison. So this is where Shane is really extraordinary. Every day he gets up like a five-year-old excited to go to school and is fresh with his mind on set. And I try to do the exact same in business because it's very, very critical when you first show up that sets the tone for the rest of the day. It allows people to to have fun and enjoy the process of filmmaking rather than be around a bunch of grumpy gremlins that are constantly checking their watches. And the shoots that have the irritability, sorry, the shoots that have the irritability or the people who um, are not enjoying their job. It's so obvious and evident. And really, in today's competitive marketplace, you need to think about the image that you're giving off to others and how you are showing up. It's so important, so important. So that is it on that question. Um, Everything I can think of. In terms of apps, just um, one last thing. I have tried different apps. I haven't found an app that I really liked because what I know to be true is that the apps seem to bother me more than they help me. So if you have something in place that is causing you frustration, (laughs) it's not good. It means that it's just not working for you. So for the techie ones of you, I'm sure there are a lot of apps and I'm sorry I don't have anything more specific to offer you. I use the notes on my phone a lot when I need to remember things. I I carry around an old fashioned, you know, those mead little notebooks and um, I love those. And that, and the great thing about those is that you can you can keep them, the, what do you call it? Notebooks. My gosh, I'm blanking the name of it. Anyway, the composition notebooks. They are fantastic because you keep all your notes from the previous day. It's very well bound, so it doesn't come apart. So I love the Mead composition notebooks. And then um, again, the feeling frazzled. I think on the days where things are really, really falling apart, it is, it's acknowledging it, it's accepting it, it's owning it. I'm frazzled today or I am feeling whatever. And then moving on from that. Again, once you accept it, then you can let it go and move on into being another way. And so that's where the mindset piece comes in every time. Okay. Question number four. I love your podcast, Shane and Lydia. This question is for Lydia. I'm working my way up in the business and I feel you have a great sense about keeping life well-rounded. I love what I do, but I also have other interests and, of course, friends and family. How do I make my life more than about work and make sure I don't lose touch with everything and everyone else? I'm so busy on set, I don't want to lose sight of my life outside of work. Thanks so much for your help. This is an awesome question, and thank you very much for asking it. And what I like about it is it's something that even after 25, six years of being in this business, we're still faced with. And what I love about it is that I used to study burnout. And when I worked ages ago with the California Sexual Assault Investigators Association, and when you love your job and when you're passionate about your job, it's easy to become all consumed by your job and get into burnout and then flame out and ruin the relationships and not pay attention to the very important people in your life. So this question to me is one of those questions that everybody should be asking themselves because it's really important. Now, I am a realist. I'm a huge realist. And I don't believe that there is balance in life, period, the end. We have information that is coming at us faster than we can keep up with it. We have family demands. I mean, especially in the ages of 30s and 40s, and depending if you have children or don't, your career may be taking off like a rocket. You may be just having children. You have, you know, 
all these demands. You have friends that want to see you, but you're never available because you're shooting 12 to 14 hours. And then you feel guilty that you haven't seen your friends. I mean, they're all of these things pulling at us and you're trying to keep up with technology and new gear that's coming out so that you can be on top of your game for the next project. I mean, it really is endless when you look at it. And when something is so overwhelming, I like to really chunk it down and break it down because overwhelm, again, is bad for the brain. So I think if you could view it that there's a sense of flow and not balance, at least this helps me. Again, this is my perspective. At certain times, it will be all-consuming in my life that I have to work and work very hard, laser focus. For example, with an educational event, there is no balance. I'm literally coming home to sleep and get up and go to work again. And my days are 15, 16 hour days when we put on one of our educational events. It's exhausting. And not to mention the prep, you know, a few weeks before, the follow up after. I mean, it's that is an all consuming time. And so we have to be very careful as a business how many of those we take on in a year. At other times, family has to take priority. And this is where it's really tricky if both people are in the film industry, because when Shane and I first started out and decided that we wanted to have children one day, it was critically important to us for one of us to be home. And we really based it on who could make more money at the time. And so if whoever the home base person is, if that's possible, or whoever is there when the kids are sick, if you have children or the elderly person or somebody's sick, then it is that person is going to be thrown out of whack for a while in the work world. And maybe that means taking some time off or if you have a health issue or you have you need a surgery or something. And, and that's where life is going to feel very out of flow and disjointed. And as long as it's not continuing for endless periods of time, I think we just have to accept it for what it is and do our best. And maybe it is, you know, saying to a colleague or something, look, I, you know, I'm not going to be able to take the next feature or commercial because I have a sick relative or, or whatever your own individual circumstances. But I think it's very important to understand all of the different needs. And when I used to life coach, I would have people draw a giant circle and divide that circle into pieces of a pie. And this is so helpful because it's a great visual. And when you do that, you write all the pieces of yourself. So you're a mom, in my case, a friend, a business owner, a spiritual human being, a mentor to people, a, you know, it's important to me to exercise and meditate and all of these things. It's essentially carving yourself up into pieces of the pie. And then you need to really look at how a wife to Shane, all of these things. And then you need to look at how important is each area to you, because this will really determine how much time or how much flow you want to spend in that area in an ideal world. And again, this is an ideal world, not crisis. So it's critically important to do this because this gets back to core values. And what makes you burned out and out of whack and out of balance is when your life is in that pie is 99% on set. And then you're letting yourself down by not giving these other areas of attention where if you can have a visual and you realize, okay, let's pretend that you just shot a feature for four months and you've been really in that work mode, then it's important to take some, some time and really give these other areas that have sacrificed during that period attention. And for example, on adventures, Shane was gone 
for five months and a few weeks. And at the end of it, he said, you know, I'm going to take a break because I'm exhausted and take our daughter to college, take some time with me for our anniversary and, you know, really schedule in these activities that first month that he's back that he knows he can do. And we had to say no to some things. And that is not only scary to do, but it's just hard to do because it's like, wow, you know, we're saying no to that, but that's okay. Because at times in life, you cannot have it all. So something will always suffer. But I think there's a way to not make it all or nothing. So let's say that you are working like crazy and you still can find time in your day to connect with your significant other, to have a moment with your child. And even if that's getting up a little bit early before they go to school or first thing in the morning or whatever it means for you on whatever schedule you're on. So I think it's really important to see life as not all or nothing and to adjust your expectations and their expectations of you. Because I, what I know to be true is that when Shane leaves on a feature, he's gone. And I will be responsible for way more than I normally am with our children, with the household tasks, if things break down. It's stressful for the family as it is stressful for the individual. And so, and again, this is in whatever way it, it works in your family. There are always tasks that are divided and conquered. And so once you adjust your expectations, acknowledge it and say, okay, wow, this next four or five months or six months is going to be really tricky. And I may need to hire you know, a, a teenager to come in and help me grocery shop, or I may need to, There, it's finding ways to support yourself so that you're not resentful. The other person is not resentful because you're both burning the candle at both ends during that scenario and not taking it out on the individual or recognizing that they've had a heck of a day too, even though it hasn't been on set, that they are as exhausted as you are whatever ways that you can supplement and help them and support them from afar is so deeply appreciated. And I think that, that marriages get into real trouble when a, a lot of assumptions are being made and relationships get into trouble, not just, not just marriages, but it's really, it's, it's, Hey, I need support in this or how could you help me with this? Or I'm feeling overloaded. It's having those conversations and taking a moment and not just getting frustrated and angry at somebody and jumping to the all or nothing. He always, or she always does this, right? It, it's really, let's think this through and state what our needs are and then get really creative in a way of figuring out how to meet those needs. And believe me, being in relationship with someone in the film industry is unlike any other relationship with a business or a work life out there. It is challenging. It is not for the faint of heart at whatever level you do it. So I think it's very difficult for people to know what they're getting into and how do you possibly explain it to somebody who hasn't really experienced it because they're not going to understand why you're possibly missing a major holiday or you are, you know, you said you'd go on a date and you've had to cancel for the, the fourth time or, you know, because the shoot went long or you, you know, whatever the circumstances, it's like being married to a physician in a lot of ways, who's on call for the emergency room. You never know the hours. You never know if you're going to get called in on a holiday or something's going to happen or the shoot goes longer than expected. And for myself, um, it, it really is getting into the mindset 
of what this is and then getting the support network. And this is where people fail because people think that they have to do it all on their own. And the bottom line is, is that that's ridiculous because it's a very hard job doing everything on your own, whether you have children or not. It's just tough. And who says, who makes the rules that you have to do it all on your own? It doesn't need to be an expensive proposition. You can have family support. You can have best friends pitching in, whatever it is, but it's getting your own needs met and not expecting the other person or the business or the whoever to do it for you. It's also having the ability to set boundaries and acknowledge I'm overwhelmed. I am overloaded, you know, help. And then really reaching out, having the support of people around you. And I think that that is critically important, whether you're on set, whether you're in a business, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whatever the circumstance or relationship is, it's setting boundaries and getting your own needs met. Okay, um, next question. I was wondering... When Shane is away on features, do you and the kids ever get to visit him? How common is that in the industry? Yes, it is very common for DPs to bring families and to homeschool them. Very, very common. It's also common to have just the DP go, have the family stay at home in a home-based scenario, build routines in the community, play sports, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very important for families to work out what works best for them. And it is common on feature films because of the length of time. I know I've talked about this in, this in other podcasts about the choice has to be individual whether you you accompany your spouse and potentially travel the world and bring your children or whether you have a home base. Shane and I felt that building routines in the community with close friends, having our children in sports, knowing that they came from a particular area was critically important because that's how we were raised. And I really think that in the decision-making process, you look to how you were raised and did it work for you? Or do you want to do something totally different for your family? And so that's really what I have to say on that. Other than building habits, building a strong, solid foundation is critical for any relationship and any any family. Having traditions having things that people can count on. Absolutely critical. And, you know, we have always done summer vacation and Christmas vacation because those were the two times in the year that worked for the kids and worked for the film industry. And sometimes those vacations were as small as taking a three-day weekend when Shane was on a feature or you know, it really depended on the year. But the bottom line is, is that we were together as a family doing something fun, whatever that was, every summer and every holiday. And my children have both said that they really appreciated the fact that we chose the home base. Um, and this is just their opinion, but because it allowed them to build a close network of friends in our community to go to the local schools to build a routine and that they felt that really helped them. You know, my daughter loves traveling the world, but you can do that in college or as an adult, theoretically. I think the the childhood foundation that is set, whatever the decision is for the family, um, it's setting that foundation so that everybody knows what can be counted on um, and that there's a stability, a security, and a lack of um, anxiety that is absolutely critical. Okay, next question. Are you a part of any local entrepreneurial groups? If so, how have they helped you and your business? 
Well, I absolutely love this topic because I am a part of an entrepreneurial group called Starpreneur, and um, it is amazing. I'd love for you to imagine this happens to be a female networking group, but it's really unlike any other group out there. These are extraordinary women coming together at all different and varying levels of success, lifting one another up, supporting one another every month, giving ideas, giving feedback that is so honest and coming with such love and sometimes is hard to hear. And women that really care about the future of your success. It's a very spiritually minded group and we meditate before we begin. I have been in mastermind groups over the years. I have been in, I've been coached by a leadership and business coach, an extraordinary woman named Jane Warlow. And what I really respect about whatever level of continuing education that you choose to do or invest in is the quality. And I think what my friend Star, who runs Starpreneur, is really amazing at is she is gifted with bringing diverse women who are very powerful together in a room and making the time pass so quickly because it is rich in information and resources and love and, you know, just incredible goodness comes out of it. I feel that that is critically important, critically important because what it does for me is it ignites my creative mind and it allows me to take everything that I'm learning and bring it back to Hurlbut Visuals. And even though the businesses are very, very different, we have, I mean, such diverse businesses in this group. You can take elements from what other people are doing and apply it to your own group. And I think the synergy of having a bunch of really smart minds in the room that are unafraid and willing to take on the world is just extraordinary with each with their own unique gift. So finding a place where there is no fear and taking a leap. And even if that leap doesn't work, that's okay because you tried it. And it's the same on set, this fearlessness that Shane talks about, you know, taking a cliff dive is what I say, really trying something out of your comfort zone and giving it a whirl. And you'll, you'll be so grateful that you tried it because I don't live a life filled with regret. Regret's awful. And who wants to look back at your, your career, your family, your business and think, wow, I wish I'd tried that. I wonder if that would have made all the difference in, you know, or what, whatever that regret is. Regrets are poison. They're awful. And they lead to rumination, which is bad for the brain. So anything I can do to keep myself out of that state of mind, I absolutely do. So I love my women in this group. And I think finding a group in your area to propel you forward. The thing about the entrepreneurial groups is that they keep you honest. It's somebody that is there checking and saying, hey, Liddy, last month you talked about whatever it was, putting on a, a workshop. How did that go? Or you said you were redoing your website. When is that happening? right? All of those things. It just is, it's so, it's, it's accountability. It is a positive, uplifting, you know, it, it's, it causes you to keep moving and advancing forward and really prevents procrastination. And that is critical. Question number seven. I have always admired your and Shane's drive to give back. It seems to permeate every aspect of your lives. Why? 
Do you donate to any significant charities regularly? And if so, what made you choose those charities? What a fantastic question. What Shane and I do is give because that was modeled for us in both of our households growing up. Shane's parents took in people that needed a place to stay for a while at multiple times during their lives. Shane's cousin lived with them for a while. They took in friends and relatives and just they were the stable, loving farmhouse that people went to when they needed support. In my life, we I I had giving modeled so deeply for me. My dad was the local minister. We took in my best friend every single summer after her father died very unexpectedly when she was nine. We had great family friends, Aunt Marie and Uncle George, who took in both of my parents at younger times in their lives when they needed a place to go and who just modeled that giving is what you do. If you have more than somebody else in life, then it is your job to give. And really not to question why you're doing it, but to just do it. I think that Shane and I grew up in in an area of upstate New York where you had to help your neighbor. The farming community relied on the help from one another because depending on the weather, the season, you know, financial life of somebody, farmers had to give to support one another. In the village of Aurora where I grew up, so Shane was more rural, I was village, um, everybody gave to their neighbors. If somebody was sick, you brought dinner or soup or food or whatever it was that the person required. And you just didn't question it. You just did it. And it it's really a core value. So that is why we are so passionate about it in terms of it does permeate every single aspect of our lives. And I believe that our legacy is, you know, how we've supported and given over the course of our lives, given to filmmakers, given to charities. And when you give, and this is an important distinction, I see giving in two ways. You can give your time, you can give your money, or you can give both. And I think particularly when you give time, it is so lasting and so valuable. And my daughter, Kira, and I did National Charity League for the entire time that we could do it from her sixth grade year all the way through senior year. And we volunteered at a variety of places in Ventura County. And it was such a special time. It's mothers and daughters serving communities together and building in that service mode so that it becomes a habit in life. I have always looked at children very particularly in terms of giving, because children don't necessarily have a voice for themselves. And they tend to be weaker and not have the resources necessarily that adults do. So for Hurlbut Visuals, um, we gave both time and money to the Casa Milagro Foundation. And that is a nonprofit that helps against, you know, human trafficking and commercial sexual exploitation. And it really focuses on children in Costa Rica. Director Po Chan brought that project our way. And it was such an honor to collaborate with her again and team up for this amazing PSA. And what I loved about it is that it has the opportunity to volunteer of your services. If you're a teacher if you, you know, whatever personal development piece you can give, you could give money, you could, they're, they're really working on making it an all-inclusive, you know, safe house and drop-in center. So I liked the layering of that particular one. American Street Kid was an example 
of really support that we gave in terms of, of just connections. And that was looking at the homeless youth problem that we have in America. And American Street Kid is so great again, because it is a, you know, a project that talks about the problem of homelessness and with a vision of getting kids off the street and building a home. So it's a multi-phased project. And um, we've talked a lot about it on um, social media. And I think that it's just, it's americanstreetkid.com. It's, it's so powerful to watch. Ambition is another charity. And I'll just talk about a couple more, but I think it's really important to get specific and granular um, to understand why we get behind certain things. What I loved about this is my my really dear friend, Nancy Gale, created this competition-based entrepreneurial program in LA um, for underprivileged children and youth. And what's great about it is that it it fosters independent thinking, confidence, and work ethic through hands-on collaboration. And so teaching entrepreneurial skills to, to high school students is such a gift. And then w- the last one I want to talk about um, is World Vision. And we have done a lot in terms of financial support to World Vision, um, both in the United States and worldwide to really focus on children and families and and ending hunger and poverty and injustice, all of those things. So what I liked about World Vision was how much of the financial donation actually went to the people. And it's very important when you look at a charity really to see you know, how much of the money that you're putting into something or that you are contributing actually goes to the people that need it the most. So that's what we've done to date. And in addition to obviously, you know, giving all the material on the blog to filmmakers globally and supporting women in the film industry and really trying to make opportunities available for women. So that's kind of where we are to date. I really look forward to diving into more charitable giving and ways to, I'm, I'm actually looking to partner with a, a charity to really take it up, ramp it up a notch. And so that we have a charity partner that is focused on education slash filmmaking slash, you know, that, that is a natural fit for Hurlbut Visuals. So if you have any ideas on that front, I am all ears and I'd love to hear your input. So thank you so much for your generous listening. It's it's always such a joy to spend time with you on this podcast. Shane will be here next month and he's getting very fired up for November. And I wish you all a wonderful Halloween slash fall. Happy shooting, everybody. And have a great rest of your month. What helps you become a better filmmaker? Knowledge, practice, consistency. That's exactly what happens in our loving film community of shanesinnercircle.com. Knowledge you can trust, people that care. If you want your questions answered, join us at shanesinnercircle.com. Hi, I'm Shane Hurlbut, and I'm an ASC cinematographer. And thanks for joining us for another episode of the Filmmakers Academy podcast. Take advantage of monthly virtual group mentorships, networking events, and new content released weekly by becoming a member today. Join today and get $20 off your first month by using the promo code FAPOD20. That is F-A-P-O-D-20. And join the number one resource for cinematographers, film crews, and do-it-all filmmakers.